Hey, this is Matt from the Man Cave. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. What's your daily devotion for, let me get it right, uh, November the 26th. I can't believe November is almost over. Can you guys? That's crazy. Hey, today we're going to be in Galatians, okay? We're looking at a story, okay, of Paul the Apostle. It's going to give us a little background that's going to help you and I in our walk, in our journey, in our pilgrimage with Almighty God. Because a lot of times we look at these figures, but we don't understand everything about a person in the Bible that God is using, what he's done. We will just read something where they go, man, golly, that guy's so zealous. He's on fire for the Lord. He knows so much about God. I mean, look at me, you know what I'm saying? And we're often comparing ourselves, and that's good because we want to rise. The cream always rises to the top, okay? And the standard isn't another man. The standard is God, okay? We want to live a life of holiness, okay? And we want to direct our passions towards God. But it helps us to understand sometimes a little bit of historical background regarding the people God used. He used ordinary people like you and I. Okay, I don't, I don't see Jesus, okay, uh, being born in Herod's uh, castle. Where's Jesus? He's a servant to the people, okay? He's our Lord, he's our master, he's our savior, he's our role model, okay? He's born in a cave, okay? He came in the most humblest of manners, okay? And he is exalted right now at the right-hand side to the Father. Oh, I love it because he defeated death, hell, the grave, Satan, all the demons, once and for all. I'm a victor because I'm with Christ. I'm not a victor in and of myself. I'm in the winner's circle, baby. That's all free stuff, guys. But hey, we're going to look at Paul. Our text is going to be, okay, talking about Paul, and it's in Galatians chapter 1, verse 17, and you're like, Paul, Paul the Apostle, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah, two-thirds of the New Testament were written, penned by who? By Paul the Apostle. Before Paul, okay, was serving the Lord, he was serving himself and serving the world and serving Satan, okay, and he was called Saul of Tarsus. What was Saul of Tarsus doing? He was murdering Christians. He thought he was doing God's will and persecuting Christians because he didn't agree with them. He didn't agree with them because they were in the way, which was the way of Christ, okay? But one day, Paul and his buds, they're trying to hunt down more Christians. But I always get a kick out of this. They really thought they were doing the right thing. Look at, look at, look at. They, in, the, in their heart of hearts, they thought that this is the right thing, that they're serving God. I know a lot of people like that, but that's, oh, look, 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 I'm not going there, but I do know of a lot of people who are absolutely going the wrong direction, doing the wrong things, thinking they're serving him, and that's all I'll say about that. Paul gets knocked off his horse on the Damascus Road, hears God's voice in a big, shining light. What's the light? It's the glory of Almighty God. It will knock you all day long off your seat. It's brighter than the sun. It's brighter than any lightning. There was a sonic boom. He's on the ground. And he's like, who art thou, Lord? He already said it. He's giving honor and respect because he knows this is a God thing that just happened. I'm now blind. I saw the flash, okay? And it was above and beyond anything I can experience or I can explain, okay? Jesus says this. Why are you persecuting me, Paul? What are you doing? He says, who art thou? And Jesus says, it's me, Jesus. And Paul knew that name because Paul was murdering people, 
torturing Christians to, to, to deny Jesus. Torturing them. Meaning this, cutting fingers off, cutting toes off. we got to understand everything about Paul. When Paul says, I was the chief of sinners, he's not kidding around. He truly felt like that because he knows how he dished it out to those people who were in the way, who were steadfast in their devotion towards Almighty God because God had changed them from the inside out and they were a new creature in Christ. The old had passed away. Behold, all things have become new. They were living it. They were the martyrs. Okay? Who was dishing it out? Saul of Tarsus, which now is going to be a vessel which God can use called Paul. And you're like, golly, what happens? I'm getting to our text. Watch this. Paul ends up in a place. He's in this house, okay? And he's praying, okay? And he's praying. He's like, he's kind of looking inward, like, everything I thought was right was wrong. And Paul knew scripture. He just didn't know light. He didn't know scripture in light of the Messiah. He didn't understand it. He understand it legalistically to the letter of the law, the crossing of the T, the dotting of the I, you do this, you're born in hell. But he didn't have the heart of God. He didn't understand God or his ways. Okay. He, he's reading the written scripture, but he never met the author. Oh, he never met the author. Okay. And now he has met the author on the road. So he's blind. Okay, stick with me. It's a good story. I'm going to get to the text. It's going to make sense. Okay. So God, uh, so Paul, okay, he, he's sitting there, and do we know exactly when he got saved? We don't know. People, I, people all the time tell me, oh, he got saved on the road, he got saved in the house when he was blind and healed. Look, we don't know. God comes to a guy named Ananias, okay, and he says this. Listen, this is, Jesus says, Ananias, I want you to go, go to this place, go to this house, okay, Saul of Tarsus is there, and I want you to lay hands on him. You know what Ananias says? No way, Jose, ain't doing it. I've heard lots of things about him. This guy is an absolute murderer. This is a trap. He's informing the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator. He's informing him of the situation, okay? He's saying, yeah, here's the thing. Let me tell you this, God. ain't happening. I know about this guy. You know what I'm saying? I've heard what he's done to the Christians. Was he justified in saying those things? That's how he felt. And that he didn't lie to God. But God comes over the top. Jesus says this. He's a vessel that I'm going to use, okay? He has a special purpose upon his life, and he has a special anointing and a calling upon his life. You're going to be okay. Do as I said, okay? And he calms him down. So Ananias goes to him, lays hands on him, and it is as, watch this very carefully, because this is the people that I'm talking about. It's, God says this, it was like this veil had been taken off. Shingles had been removed from his eyes. Because look at, look at, the other day we were talking about this guy who was healed by Almighty God. And, and Jesus said to him, he says, what do you see? And he says, uh, I see what looks like trees. It's fuzzy. I can't see. That's what Paul was. Okay, so he thought he could see, and he really thought he was serving God, but he couldn't see at all. Are you with me? He couldn't see at all, but he truly believed in his heart of hearts. Uh, what I believe, what I'm doing, what I'm acting out every day is correct. I'm serving God. He wasn't serving God at all because he was blinded in his sin and his trespasses. So much so, when Ananias lays hands on him, he can literally feel something come off his eyes, both physically, because he was blind as a bat, and spiritually. Now Paul, who was Saul, has eyes to see and ears to hear, and he's hearing the still, small voice of God. What does he do next? Watch this. What does he do next? Because that's our text. You and I would think, because he has such an anointing on him, and it's, it's, you see what I'm saying? God is resting upon him with his spirit, that he went out and just knocked down doors, preached the word of God, said all the sorries, no such thing, friends. Galatians chapter 1, verse 17. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were the apostles. He didn't go meet Peter, James, and John. He probably was trying to hunt them down at one time and kill them. He didn't go there, okay? I went immediately. What's that word immediately mean? 
means immediately. It means right now. He didn't go home. He didn't go eat at the buffet. He didn't go grab his clothes. He didn't go back and talk to the people that he was, uh, okay, reporting to previously and getting the orders from to the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the sect to go kill Christians. He says, I went immediately, okay, into the Arabian desert and then to Damascus for three and a half years. Oh, that's about the length of time that Jesus was here. That's crazy. Jesus was here three and a half years. And in ministry, okay, once that anointing came over him, once John the Baptist baptized him, God the Father said, this is my beloved son, my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Lightning, the dove, the whole thing, the triunity of God, we're seeing it all in that picture. He goes into the desert, he's tested a whole nother devotion. Three years, he's in the desert, in the Arabian desert. I, I thought he was preaching. No. What was he doing? He was learning. He was learning from Almighty God the truth, the way, how to live, how to have life. He was learning. See, he, 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 he knew the scriptures, but he didn't know the author. So God's going to take him into this Arabian desert. He's going to teach him, Paul, this is how it is. Yeah, yeah, what, what you believe here is right, but you never saw it like this. And, and, and all of a sudden, the light bulb. Every day, he's learning from God. And I don't care who it is. God always separates those who belong to him for a season or two, okay, in your life to teach you. And is it painful? Absolutely it's painful because we respond very well to pain, do we not? It seems like when it's ease, comfort, and pleasure, I'm kind of doing my own thing. I'm not hearing the still small voice, but when I'm crying out because of the pain that God has allowed into my life, guess what? He has my undivided attention. What about, do you think he had Job's attention? Absolutely he had Job's attention. Job is sitting in the rock scraping the pus, okay? Thinking about what he had and what had been taken away. But I'm here to declare and tell you the word of God. God tells me, Jesus said, I will restore what the locusts have eaten. So once you go through that season of learning and pain and suffering, okay, and you're out of the classroom, and he's going to use you, and you're going to experience things in real life, and he's going to use you as an empty bucket, he's going to fill you with himself, he will restore what he wants to restore in your life to you. Paul the Apostle didn't consult other men. Hey, this is what happened to me. What do you think? He immediately went with God. Follow me. What about the apostles when Jesus finally came up to him? They left everything. That's what it says about Peter. Peter has a boatload of fish, which means money. He's a fisherman. He understands money. He understands fish. He understands women. And he has a foul mouth. Okay, I love Peter. Okay, what is that? He's lost. That's how lost people act. Jesus performs a miracle. Jesus shows a glimpse of who he is to Peter. Peter says, I'm a sinful man. You know what I'm saying? Depart from me, Lord. Jesus says this, no, follow me. That's what he's saying to you today. Follow me. I, I, can I ask you a question? Will you follow him? Yes or no? The correct answer is yes. Is it going to be hard? I don't know what it's going to be like. I know this, that God's not going to forsake you, and he's not going to leave you. Here's the thing, I would rather walk with Jesus through the toughest of times than to walk through the best of times without him. Do you understand? I, I need Christ. Our whole life is about him developing us and getting us more Christ-like, okay? And sometimes he is separating us for a season or two or three, okay? Because of how stubborn and hard-hearted we are, it will depend on how long it's going to be. For Paul, it was three years in the Arabian desert. Can I ask you this? How long is it going to be for you?
God's going to have to put you in the washing machine and it's going to have to put a little heavenly soap in there and, and just slosh you around and then put you on high heat. You know what I'm saying? With a few dryer sheets and then pull you out and you're still damp and you still stink. Okay? Throw a few more dryer sheets in there. Put a couple more quarters in there. What's it going to take, friend? What's it going to take? Realize it's coming. <laughs> I tell you the story of this. You're like, man, why are you telling me the story? Because there isn't a person that this doesn't happen to sooner or later in their life. Are you kidding, Matt? I'm not kidding. It, it, you know, I have yet, okay, to meet someone who was truly saved who couldn't identify with this verse. It comes sooner or later. You want me to tell you a funny story? I mean, a really, really funny story. I'm going to hear one of the funniest stories ever, okay? Uh, where I'm working is not the godliest place, okay? So, but look at, look at, look at, one of the bosses that's over me, okay? Um, uh, how do I put this nicely? I, here's the thing, I love him in the Lord, okay? But he's sometimes a little difficult to work with, okay? And he's very worldly, okay? But do you know what I see in him? He has so many gifts of God. Okay, resting upon him. Okay, and, and I'm always scratching because when I look at this individual, he's very passionate and he's very good at what he does. Do you understand? I mean, he just has a knack. Now, normally a person would think, look at me. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm just good. I, that's the way I roll. You know what I'm saying? And here's the thing. That's how I used to think, okay? But now, when I see something like this, I realize, hey, what's going on here? Everything isn't what it seems to be, okay? What he's using is the gifts that God has given him, okay, to serve him, but he's using them in the incorrect way. You understand? Not judging the guy, okay? Meaning this, he has been equipped, likened unto a Paul, likened unto a pastor or an evangelist or a missionary, someone that God is going to use like a Peter, okay, and God's going to get that out of him. But he's clueless to this. He's absolutely clueless, so he has the foulest mouth, but again, in sales, in marketing, in advertising, what he does, there's very, very few people that I've seen that are better than him. But the other day, someone walks up to me and they say this, you know this guy over here? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I got nothing against him. You know what I'm saying? We're like oil and water. You know what I'm saying? Our belief systems are different, but we get along. He says, you know, early on, he told me years back, you know, that he was, he, God had called him to be a pastor. <laughs> I go, really? Really? You know what I'm saying? I thought, that's amazing. But the guy then commented, but golly, could you imagine him being a pastor? He has the filthiest mouth. He smokes. He drinks like a fish. He's this, he's this, he's this. He's just started describing the guy. And I mean, he described him accurately. He says, could you ever imagine being a pastor? And I thought to myself, yes. And you're like, what? I can, because God takes the Pauls, which were the what? Saul of Tarsus's. He takes the Peters. He takes Matthew, the tax collector. He takes people like you and I that are what? Well, like an unto Abraham. Well, what do you mean by that? When God came to Abraham, okay, the father of nations, Abraham is worshiping idols. Okay, so none of us, and when I mean none of us, none of us are doing what we're supposed to be doing. It is always God getting involved in our life, grabbing us, shaking us, moving us from here to here, then sanctifying, teaching us, separating us to himself. He's more interested in you learning about him and you getting a relationship with him for what, than what you can do for him. We always think when we get saved, I got to do all this stuff for God. Paul was in the Arabian desert cultivating a relationship. Paul, yes, Lord, I love you. See, he didn't understand that aspect. What? What did you just say? Paul, I love you. 
I really love you. I, I died for you. The reason I died on the cross was for you. If it was only you, I would have died for you. Well, that doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not religion. And that's not uh, the obeying of the law. I mean, that's not... It went against the grain. It was the cat. It was the, the nails on the chalkboard. See, a lot of people, they just can't understand. God loves me? He really loves me? So back to our story about the guy at work. You know what I'm saying? What's going to happen in his life? Well... Let me tell you, there's going to be a season eventually that God strips everything away. And you're like, well, how do you know that? Oh, I know it because I've seen it in too many other people's lives. I'm meaning this, something will happen, and I don't know what it is, that's so traumatic. And he's just sideways. Do I wish it? No, I don't wish it. I've just seen it throughout the Bible, and I've seen it in so many people's lives. Meaning this, his life, as he knows it, is going to be shipwrecked. He's going to be in the middle of the ocean, okay, and there's no one around. He's going to be uh, treading water. How do I, and it's going to happen. Look at, look at, look at. If he truly is a called man of God, okay, and God has an anointing on him, which I see it, okay, God's going to bust his world inside out, upside down, drop the barrel out of him, you know what I'm saying? And he has to take us down before he can build us up. What does that sound like? Sounds like the Marines, you know, in boot camp, doesn't it? Where they strip you down and then they build you back up. And that's what God does to us, okay? That's what God did to Paul. That's what God did to Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah. He, 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 he allows us to come to the end of ourselves. Charles Stanley would call that the exchange life or the abundant life, okay? Uh, John 15, 5 talks about that, meaning I can't, he can. John the Baptist said, he must increase, I must decrease. So it's never about you and I. It's not about our gifts or talents, our abilities, who we know, who knows us. It's not about those things. It's about vessels, okay, who are not perfect that finally surrender and God uses that person to accomplish his perfect will. This guy will be a great pastor. I, I, I would probably, okay, be watching him in five or ten years on TV, okay, after God's put him through the grinder, okay, because that's what it's going to take. Well, here's the thing. What he did for Paul, you have to realize he'll do for you, okay? And what he's going to do for my buddy at work that's never going to see it coming, man. He'll never see it coming. Nobody sees it coming. But God's go he's more interested in your relationship with him than he is what you can do for him. We're always thinking, what can I do for God? He wants to know you more than he wants you to do anything for him. And if he wants you to do something, you're not going to do it. He'll invite you to join him in what he's going to accomplish. But you'll never take his glory. You understand? Hey, this is Matt from the Man Cave.